0: Asher and Trader, I know him um, through just getting connected to to Tikkun over the last number of years and having a number of relationships. I don't know him personally, uh, but have uh, been able to be in the same room with him, Zoom room with him on various occasions. Um, I noticed when I was in Israel that there was something very special happening with their leadership at Tikkun, Uh, something really right happening at a local congregational level um, within Revive Israel. And uh, that's just something that struck out to me right away. Like there's a great flow among the different giftings um, and a real honoring of each other. So I just want to acknowledge that. That's something I noticed personally. And then let me just give this overview. Asher is the author of many books. Um, He's the founder and apostolic leader of Revive Israel Ministries and he oversees congregations in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Uh, he was one of the founders of Tikkun, along with Dan Juster and Itan Shiskov, and serves on the board of the Messianic Alliance of Israel. All right, Asher, over to you.
1: Well, hello everybody. Can you hear me okay? Hey, Does that sound me, good? You. Wonderful. Well, um, You know, whenever you have Zooms, whenever you do teaching, sometimes it blocks out a little bit of the personal level, but we want to tell you that uh, our love for you is more important than any ministry. Our love is more important than any uh, teaching. So uh, we hope you can feel that from us, and we want to extend our our hearts and arms and hands to you in uh, love today as the Lord is uh, building us all together. Well, um, we believe in uh, covenantal relationships, which means teamwork. And we also um, believe in equipping, empowering, and enabling uh younger people, if at least younger than you are, to, uh, to have opportunities to grow in the ministry. So I have two uh, dear uh, friends, well, actually three uh, uh, with us today that I wanna just give uh, two, three minutes to share something be- before I do. Uh, the first is uh, uh, our dear uh, sister and daughter in the faith, uh, uh, Sarah Zingerman, who wants to, uh, I hope she's gonna be able to get this up on the screen this just came out an amazing testimony of love in Israel. I don't know if this is the kind of thing that you can see on the news, but this is the kind of thing that we know that really does happen uh, in Israel. So Sarah, why don't you share a little bit about this and then say hello, whatever you want for a couple of minutes.
2: (laughs) All right. Hi, everyone. It's great to be with you. Um, As you can see, there's, well, as you've heard, there's a lot happening in Israel right now, but We just wanted to share something that came out today, a headlines about a person who was killed by a riot, um, a Jewish man killed in the city of Lod in Israel by Arabs who were rioting and he decided to donate um, his organs and he had a kidney that was given to an Arab woman, as you can see here. And it's a beautiful testimony of how the Arab woman says, this Jewish kidney has now become part of my body. This is the man that died and donated it to her. And she said, there's no such thing as Arabs and Jews. We're just people. We need to live together. So it's kind of a story of how, although there is a lot of political things going on behind the scenes, a lot of uh, stirring up tension and slogans and, um, interests on both ends. There's also the simple people that just want a life uh, living together in peace with Arabs, with Jews. They don't really even care, you know, who's, who's in control as long as we can be just happy and peaceful together. And so that was a beautiful testimony. And just wanted to share also that as we're praying for Israel right now, our heart is to stand with the Arab Christians in the land because we believe that the Lord has given them a place and a voice to be a bridge and peacemakers. And our heart is to empower them to be courageous warriors for the kingdom for such a time as this. So thank you all. It's great to be with you.
1: Amen. Thank you, Sarah. But well, I also want to uh, introduce uh, my dear friends, John and Tikva Ott. They run a, uh, a Hebrew prophetic prayer network here from Jerusalem and uh, you're all invited to join it. You just have to be able to speak in Hebrew and speak in tongues to be able to get into the <laughs> network. But uh, other than that, uh, we'd love to have you anyway. I'm proud to say that I'm part of, of their uh, prayer team. We're partners together in that. And actually, Tikva and I have been working together. I, th- I was thinking Tikva, maybe it was 2001. <laughs> yes, started evangelizing together right. in Shemesh in uh in Israel in Jerusalem. So, anyway, uh, ah. here they are, dear couple. Uh, okay, shalom,
3: shalom, everyone. I just uh had a few few things on my heart to, to share. Just uh, you know what uh, what's going on in Israel for sure. You are, you are, um. Hearing in the news and everything, but uh, we just finished a watch, and I just had a picture. Uh, Israel is uh, is under um, attack, and like few front line we are we are battling. So I just had a picture that we are kind of like squeezing from all over. We have, we have. Um, a chazit like frontline inside Israel and in the terror from the territories and in the south, in the north, in the east, in the west. And I felt like I saw a picture that all we are squeezed and we are lifting our eyes to God because our help coming from him so this is during the watch and the lord been speaking to me uh before that operation start about the book of nehemiah that we are the keeper and the builder of the gate gate and the wall and the name of this operation that israel part uh, dealing with it's the keeper on the wall garden. and garden and in psalm psalm 127 it says unless god will keep the city the watchman or the guard stand for vain. So this is our God speaking to us. And Sarah, you share amazing testimony. We just finished a watch and praying for the soldier. And I'm turning on the the news and I'm hearing just the rocket just misses the buses full of soldiers. They just left the bus and the the missile just, just hit the bus without the soldier. So God is amazing. He's doing miracles amongst us. He's speaking to us. This is very crucial time for Israel. We are praying, of course, for the for the Arab too. I had a verse from Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Uh, you know, I have the good thought for you for peace and future and hope for the Arab people, because uh, I feel like the heart without hope and they all day the evil come out, Abba. So we pray a lot for the Arab and for the Israeli. God is speaking to us. Is is among us. Is amazing we located in Jerusalem, John and I. We praise and worship prophetically. And we are also in the street sharing as the Lord leads and with divine appointment. So this is who we are. We bless you. Thank you so much for joining with us. And I pray a lot for the nation because we see all the riots going on in the main cities, especially in Europe. And we're praying for grace and mercy and justice and righteousness and protection and blessing over the congregation, the churches uh, to take a stand and place for the righteousness and the word of God.
1: Amen. Well, please, uh, friends, do remember to keep John and Tikva in your prayers. Uh, I love them in their work. And Sarah, who actually also serves as uh, our administrative assistant. And um, I want to jump right into the teaching because we don't have much time and I want to give the full time. That was designated to my dear brother Avner, who's an amazing uh, teacher and prophet here in the land. So, are you ready? Let's uh, let share. Let's share a little bit of teaching. So, um, I'm just going to share three verses with you, but with a lot of a lot of material. So you really need to concentrate. And uh, let's go through The first verse I want to share with you, if we can get it on the screen, is from the book of Revelation, chapter five, verses five and six. And it says this, um, and, uh, but one of the elders said to me, do not weep, behold a lion, of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures, the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though he had been slain. Well, hallelujah. What we see here is a picture of Yeshua. He's not a lamb and he's not a lion. He's a person. This is a description of his personality of his character and uh, in his character you have the the breadth of his character is both lion-like and lamb-like and that would seem to be a paradox almost a contradiction but this is who he is and when we want to understand yeshua we have to understand the fullness of both sides of who he is it's not a contradiction it's a con- contrast uh, for- since he's both God and man. He's the son of God and the son of David. And so we have to deal with with both of those aspects of who he is because Yeshua is also the truth. The truth is not a philosophical system, it's a person. Truth means someone that can be trusted. It's not truth in, in Hebrew context, is not a philosophy. That's a Greek concept. Truth in Hebrew is someone you can trust. A trustworthy person is a truthful person. Yeshua is the truth. He is the most trusted person. And so when we, um, uh, the first one is Revelation 5.5. 5. So now, um, so we want to, if we want to understand the truth, we need to understand that truth has a sides to it, at least a breadth to it, at least of two sides that may seem to be contradictory. And we have to live with that because it has to do with Yeshua. It, one of the reasons I mentioned that is I've noticed the past year or two, a crisis in the body of Messiah around the world, a crisis, I would say, of deception, a crisis of distrust now in prophetic words. And the reason is, is because in my opinion, people have gone off the deep end on the right side or the left side. And, and, and people, if you, it's a cultic mentality to think that you can, that truth only has one slim aspect to it. Uh, truth uh, in the person of Yeshua is a wide truth and you have to be able to see all dimensions of it. It says in First, in, in first Thessalonians 5, you don't have to look that up, but, but we have to uh, examine everything Take the part that's good, reject the part that's bad, and you, you have to walk that through. The, tr- the, the issues that we are dealing with today, dealing with prophecy, dealing with politics, dealing with religion, uh, dealing with news, uh, uh, dealing with social media, there's nothing 100% in that. Everything is mixed, uh, good and bad, and we have to be able to go in and think and and work it through and use discernment and separate the good from the bad and, and separate the chaff from the wheat so you can find it. Because if you just take it all or reject it all, you're already going toward deception. I know that's not something that people might like to hear. But Yeshua warned us in Matthew 24 three times. He said, beware that in the end times, there will be a lot of deception and do not be deceived. That's the first step of understanding the end times is to watch out and be careful that you can be deceived. And so as I've noticed this over the years, and it's interesting because in our particular privilege to be able to see extreme uh, prophecies, both on uh, the, the Jewish-Israeli uh, right-wing extreme religious side, and also on the, on the Christian uh, charismatic extreme side. And I consider myself both. So uh, but, uh, and, and what I see is if people lock on to just one side of it, they're, they're, they're going in the direction of deception. Because if 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 you if you don't realize that the issues we're dealing with today are mixed, good and bad, then then you're already you're already going to miss it. If you know that there is a potential of good and bad in an issue, and you have to you say, "Look, I need to go in and check the facts. I need to discern. I need to discern what's right and wrong." You're already starting in the right direction. Do you see that? But if you if you don't, that then you you you're sort of doomed to deceit, to deception. But uh, now you might not, see, you might not see part of it. What we see there, there are ultra Orthodox Jewish extremists, both the, 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 me, the Shas, the, the, the Torah, Ashkenazi, Sephardic nationalistic that are extreme. I mean, they, they are e- extremely zealous and committed to what they do and they're totally deceived. Totally deceived. So the fact that somebody is on fire and committed and go, doesn't mean that you can't be deceived. Because and, and we have to re- and and we live in an age because of the flood of social media, you're getting flooded with a lot of lying information, and you you can't, everything you look at you have to stop and say, wait a minute, I need to discern. Particularly when you're dealing with Jewish and Israel issues. For instance, in Romans 11, you should, Paul said that the, the Jews are beloved for the sakes of the fathers, but they've been enemies of the gospel. Well, that's that's a contrast. You can't just take it all. It's not all yes. It's all not. It's not all no. So when you look at these different issues, if if you're willing to discern, you're already going to be in a more positive place. Let's look at the second verse. Uh, which is taken from uh, Isaiah chapter 19 and this is a favorite verse uh, for me and a lot of my friends that work what we work with called the Isaiah 19 highway and um, this is, is a is a passage that has hope for Jews and Arabs uh, in the Middle East and, and it's a positive prophecy I want to say as a uh, well, let's read it, and then I'll give the introduction to it. This is in Isaiah chapter 19, verses 23 to 25. It says, In that day there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria, and the Assyrian will come into Egypt, and the Egyptian into Assyria, and the Egyptians will serve the Assyrians. Verse 24. Verse 24 in that day Israel will be one of three with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of land. Verse 25, whom the Lord of hosts bless, saying, Well, it's not the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. I hope you know that well enough. It's the Lord of armies will bless, saying, Blessed is he is Egypt and uh, my people, Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, uh, my inheritance. Um, keep, keep that verse up for a second. Let me, I'll come back to it in a moment. Let me just give a brief uh, uh, scriptural context for this. Uh, this, of course, comes in the book of Isaiah. Uh, the book of Isaiah, at least the first half of chapters, 1 through 39 have a mixture of prophecies three general subjects um oversimplifying of course three general subjects one is rebuking israel for our sin and calling calling up to, to repent number 2 speaking judgment And punishment on the nations around for their sin and for their attacking Israel. And thirdly, there are prophecies of the gospel, of the good news, of the hope of the kingdom of God uh, that are filtered through those three together. This one is one of those hope passages that comes in the middle of a lot of judgment and destruction. passages. one that's especially important to us as Jews and Arabs in the Middle East because it gives us a ray of hope in the midst of ninety percent of the passages are, uh, as particularly concerning the the nations surrounding Israel, are have a lot of judgment in it. You'll notice there that it says uh, that there will be unity between uh, Egypt, Assyria, and Israel, which we understand, at least in our age, that that unity has got to come between believers. We're talking about believers in Egypt, in Assyria, and Israel, believers in the Jewish world, in the Arab world, in the international world, coming together in unity. And out of that, there would be a blessing going out to the whole earth. And it's interesting here, there's something that touches upon our identity. It speaks of the identity of Egypt, the identity of Assyria, the identity, of Israel. There's something when we come together instead of hatred, we come together in love that we actually can reinforce one another's positive identity, not their negative identity. Uh, I've seen this as for we as messianic Jews when when our Arab Christians affirm who we are it so strengthens our identity and when we as Messianic Jews, can affirm arab christians it strengthens their identity so uh we we believe this is is coming forth now what you can take away the verse now the what does this mean i already had a chance to share about that just pray briefly before we came up but i wanted to say that in the midst of all the things that are going on remember that in the middle east there are jewish people israelis that are born again spirit-filled followers of yeshua the messiah they love god they love one another and they love everyone and they love our arab brothers and there are arab christians here who are again born again spirit-filled bible believing who love the lord yeshua and love us and we have um a wonderful fellowship together now i would say you know we we there are difficult times, particularly now there's difficult times. Uh, I would say in the, in the late 1990s, maybe early 2000s, when, they, when the Antifadas broke out and there was a lot, of, a lot of wars, there was a lot of tension, a lot of tension. Believe me, I was there at almost all the meetings, a lot of tension between Christian Arabs and Messianic Jews. But over the past 20 years, for the most part, we have overcome that. At times like this, it, it stretches everybody's flesh a little bit. But for the most part, uh, Messianic Jews and Christian Arabs in Israel and in Palestine, in this area, we love one another. And our fellowship, you would be surprised, is surprisingly easy, surprisingly tension-free. Now, I, I admit, during times of war, the tension goes up a little bit. But most of the time, we love one another and I, I would say this jokingly, I, I'd have to check myself, but I think for, for most of us as Messianic Jews, it's a lot easier to, for us to have fellowship and unity with our Arab Christian brothers than it is for us, one another, as Messianic Jews, because you know, the Bible doesn't say this, but you know, two Jews, three opinions and at least one argument. But anyway, uh, so, but I do want you to know this, that there is a sweet fellowship of Christian Arabs and Messian Jews in the land of Israel, although the number is very small, is still when compared to the overall population. So uh, when you try to analyze what's going on around the world it, and what's going on in a war and so on, you might not be able to see that. Now, this is one example. Here you have a biblical promise of unity between Arabs and Jews. Hallelujah. But, and so if you were to see just this part of the prophecy, you would say, well, let's just pray for peace. Let's just pray for a ceasefire. But let's look at another prophecy, which has the other side of the view. And this is from Zechariah chapter 14. Zechariah chapter 14, verses two through four. For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses ripe, uh, rifled, the women raped, half of the city will go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Verse 3. And then the Lord, that's the word Jehovah there, which I believe means Yeshua in this context. Uh, Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. and on that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives which faces Jerusalem on the east. If you're not familiar with the idea of seeing Yeshua in the Old Testament as the angel of the Lord and as the commander of the, of the armies of heaven, I might suggest you could look for one thing at my book who ate lunch with Abraham. But we can take this verse down now. But what I want to say here is that this gives a whole other aspect. And this is why I started off with the idea of seeing Yeshua as the Lamb of God and the Lion of the tribe of Judah. When it speaks of him of the Lamb, the slain Lamb, you remember, John said in John 1, Behold, this is a Lamb who carries the sin of the world. But then in, in uh, Revelation, we said, behold, this is the lion of the tribe of Judah. In other words, not only is there a difference of, of character and emphasis, but there's also a, a difference of focus. One is is e- more equality, universal worldwide, and one is more specific in fighting for Israel. So when we look at these at these issues of this war, Part you can look at it in both ways. This is what I say. It's not, it's not one or the other. Somehow we have to be able to see both. On the one hand, we just want we're just peace-loving people, and all we want to see is Jews and Arabs love one another and stop the fighting. On the other hand, Yeshua, Yeshua is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the commander in chief of the armies of heaven. And he, he, Jesus is going to destroy all the armies that come and fight against Israel and it says here that all the nations of the world will come to fight against Israel now, that that against Jerusalem that even concept would not have been even possible to imagine 100 years ago but today you see that hatred you see United Nations you see the world media you see people gather you it, 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 at this point it's just the opposite you can't imagine that not happening The forces of all the nations coming to attack against Jerusalem are coming close. So to to finalize, two thoughts to end with. One is that in the midst of all these battles is a beautiful thing, which is the heart of God, which is the true community of faith and love. Christian Arabs and Messian Jews that love one another and love the Lord. That is the sweet center of all this. And this is what the enemy really wants to attack. Uh, The second thing is that in understanding prophecy, uh, we have to be able to see both sides of it. I would end with this one last thought, and that is, it's just prophecy can be likened to an eye, what you see. And, and, And if you see just out of one eye, you think you see everything, but you don't get the picture and you look at the other eye and you think you see it and you do see all the points but you 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 miss what that what the actual picture is you're looking at you have to look with both eyes to get a three-dimensional, be able to see the picture. We have to be able to see both the, the, the lion of the tribe of Judah and the lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. We have to see with both of those eyes to be able to see the truth and not get, if not, we're going to get dragged off into one sort of extremism or the other. And I I want to pray and end, if I can do this, to pray for those things, pray for this community of faith in the middle East and also pray for this double-eyed three-dimensional prophetic understanding in these end times. Can I yeah. end with that prayer?
0: Yeah. Asha, could you also pray for us, pray for us as an elder in the land to pray for us, the watchmen here that are on the wall, that we would have that discernment and also the father's heart that you're carrying with David in those global watches. Would you, Would you also pray for us and release that to us um, as as your family in the nations?
1: Sweet. Be happy to. Heavenly Father, in the name of Yeshua, we pray to you. We pray for one another. And I pray for everyone on this beautiful prayer network. Lord, we pray for the heart of love for this Abrahamic family of faith all around the world in all the nations, Asia, America, Africa, Europe, but, but also here in the Middle East, the physical sons of Ishmael and Isaac coming together in love, healing the family of God. Father, we pray for heart of love. I pray to, for all of us here to develop the heart of love for this and for this beautiful family of faith to grow more and more and to be protected. And I pray for that love, the love for the global family of faith to spread among everyone here. And, Father, secondly, I pray for myself, for everyone here, that you would help us to see out of both eyes. That we need both eyes to be able to see, Lord. We need the eye of Yeshua as the Lamb of God that was slain for the sin of the world, and uh, on the and uh, we need the 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 other eye to see Yeshua as the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, coming to fight for the land of Israel. Father, we we pray that we could see what seems to be a contradiction, but it's all within the amazing person of Yeshua. Father, I pray for everyone here, but in the body of Christ around the world to get this three-dimension, two-eyed, prophetic perspective and understanding of events in the end times, so that we will not fall into a deception, but walk in the truth, and the truth is a person, and it is Yeshua, the Messiah, who is the head of the church and the King of Israel. Amen, amen.